Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerland, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Hey, everybody. Green Maze, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha. Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. The topic for tonight... Exercise gratitude versus thankfulness. <laughs> I thought I would reframe tonight's topic with a question. Who has ever experienced either stripping wallpaper or stripping paint? Has anybody ever done that? Yep. Oh, yeah. No. Chris, what was that like? Uh, uh. <laughs> Tedious, messy, labor-intensive, not my finest job I had, I'll tell you. There was a lot of swearing and muttering under my breath while I was doing that. <laughs> tell you right now. My coworker would be like, what? I'd be like, just keep scraping so we can get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, not my finest moments. So, feel familiar on this journey? No, no, I don't. I feel very blessed and very, very connected and very purpose-driven. Not at all. No, this has been, I like the hard work that I'm doing on myself. I've enjoyed this because I'm getting to see the results firsthand. See, when I'm scraping the wall of somebody else's house to take the paint off, I'm like, why the hell aren't they in here doing this? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh-huh. So this is very different. I look at myself and I catch myself when I'm behaving the same way 
and I'm looking at it from a different angle now, and I stop myself, and I go, nope, I don't need to do that. I don't need to say that. I don't need to think that. I don't need to feel that. I have more control over the way I talk to people, even if they're getting on my nerves or if they're pissing me off. I'll just say, well, this conversation's over, and I walk away. So, whatever. Ah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not playing that violin. Who has a story of a time where you did a serious house cleaning, spring cleaning, I mean, like, you totally, totally redid a closet or a garage where when you started out, it was Fibber McGee's closet, and if you're old enough to know what that reference is to, all right, if not, Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Soul's being cryptic on us. Fibber McGee's closet. I know Brigetta probably knows that term. Maybe, Marsha, maybe, David. I've done some serious spring cleaning in my basement. It was kind of hard for people to get to the bathroom in the basement. It was kind of hard for people to move around. So I took like maybe three, four days of moving heavy amps, putting my guitars behind them, looking at different ways to structure the room, seeing what the room was going to look like after I was done. And if I look at it before and I look at it now, now it has so much more space, it's a lot more comfortable, and I can get to my guitars and my computers a lot easier. Beautiful. Again, is there a parallel to that heavy-duty cleaning and this journey that we've taken so far? I'm freeing up the clutter in my room or wherever in my house. It's like freeing up all the clutter that society tells you that, oh, I have to act like this. I have to think like this. I have to value people even if they don't reciprocate. Well, no. I can clear out all the people that don't matter. I can clear out all the ideas and false beliefs that doesn't matter and focus on me and what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Confidence increases. Sense of worth increases. Marsha, I'm curious. You said once upon a time you owned a cleaning company. Have you ever had a job where you're cleaning, and when you walked in, you thought, oh, my God. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> so many times. When you finished cleaning, even though it may not have been your house or your space, mm-hmm. and you could take just even 30 seconds and go, ah. Uh, yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's where the gratitude got sampled yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly who has a story of a time where maybe you just slaved over a meal it's maybe taking you a couple days or possibly a week to get this really extraordinary maybe it's a holiday meal that you put together and you finally sit down at that table and you start passing the dishes right right Does the hours of cleaning and slicing and dicing and shopping and traffic, does that melt away? I've had that huge family meal, and it's usually been on like a holiday. It's a lot of work to put together that meal. You're right. It does feel so nice, and it just feels so great when you're sitting at the table finally after you've done all that work. You're able to just sit around and finally enjoy the meal with the family. I've had ex- an experience in a different way, but it, to me it was a massive amount of work. Um, 
I built a four-hour workshop from scratch, and it took me 30 full days. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of thought, a ton of painstaking give and take and, and bouncing things off of other people that, that I respected. And it was just, it was a, because I, it was my first one. It was my first big thing. Really wanted it to shine. I wanted it to be my best. I, I poured uh, hundreds of hours into that four-hour <laughs> workshop. That energy didn't quit until actually hours after the workshop was finished, and I started to see the trickle of people responding, and the responses were amazing. And so that was when it was like, wow. Yeah, that feeling of gratitude was, I still experience it. It's actually why I teach. <laughs> yeah, because I remember that. There's a, there's a high that you just can't get. <laughs> it's very It is addictive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Well, for the musicians on this journey with us, when you first started playing the piano, Brigetta, when you picked up the guitar or other musical instrument for the very first time, and you started learning how to play, you started to practice and practice and practice. Initially, that practice, you often kind of wondered just how thankful you're going to be for that practice, I'm sure, yeah? Well, when I first started um, to learn to play, the, my aunt threw a wet blanket on to start with. She says it's going to take years and years, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of put a damper on it for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was going to be playing the next day, but it didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exercise 30, thankfulness and gratitude. Step one, within two minutes, list the top five things that instantly come to mind that you're thankful for. Much like going grocery shopping for a big meal. Much like getting in there and starting to clean out a massive something that needs to be cleaned. Much like preparing for a workshop that could take hours upon hours of work, weeks worth of work. That's step one. That initial level sets the stage, right? Right. To then step two. Set your timer for another two minutes. And list the top five things that instantly come to mind when you're grateful for. Step two is that moment we sit down to the table where I may have slaved for days to get that meal together and I'm sitting there and I'm passing those dishes around. Step two is that moment I collapse in exhaustion in the couch looking at the space I just scrubbed from top to bottom. Step two is the Finishing playing that piece of music for the first time in a way you liked it, you're happy with it. Follow? Follow. Yeah. Did you figure out in exercise 30 the missing step? The missing step? There's a missing step in exercise 30. (laughs) Wow. What's the missing step in exercise 30? It has to do with the word savor. (laughs) Is the missing step to stop the timers and start savoring gratitude as a whole and not just 
when I'm hitting on and off on my timer. Yep. To make it a part of my daily life. Yep. The missing To allow step. myself to experience that feeling just as often as I possibly can. Yep. <laughs> just allow it. Wow. Savoring it. <laughs> the truth is pretty simple. It's it's ironic that the truth sometimes becomes so complicated, but really the truth is fairly simple and it's just to feel grateful and more good things will happen. I don't think it's exactly. any more complicated than that. Marsha, yeah. were you taught a worth ethic that you needed to wait for something like a reward you needed to wait for praise. You needed to wait. You needed to earn it before you took it. I believe I was taught a work ethic like that. Yeah, I actually see it completely different now. I don't need to wait. I already know that I'm so grateful for what I can do for myself. I'm so grateful for everything that I get to experience in life. I, I'm so grateful that I'm not afraid of life, living. I'm so grateful for all that. That has helped me so much to grow as a person that it's shown me things about myself that I never knew I had in me. I'm so grateful for being able to discover that about myself. I'm so grateful for all the experiences that I'm going to have in my life. I don't know what they're going to be next, but I am so damn grateful for all of those experiences. Well, Marcia, if you judged yourself like you used to judge yourself, could you even be where you're at? I don't think so, no. I would be judging myself, and that would stop me from, from going further to see what can I do? That would stop me, yeah, if I judged myself. As a teacher, okay. if I make any judgment about you at all, period, anything, no matter how qualified I think I might be, you and I could have been fraternal twins. It still does not give me the right to make a judgment about you. My concern when you start looking at the concept of gratitude and you look at someone who there's a judgment made, it blocks gratitude. Judgment blocks gratitude is my point. Thoughts on that? Is that a little too blunt? No. I think that judgment is there to keep negative people out of our life. You have to be able to judge a character. Why? There's no way you will ever know yourself enough to judge you, let alone anybody else. Think about that for a moment. I don't agree. Then you've got a long row of sorrow and pain ahead of you. Cindy, are you the same person you were two years ago? Uh, No. Are you the same person you were two weeks ago? I could be, but yeah, two weeks ago, yes. You've learned something new in the last two weeks. Something. There's something you've learned that's made you see something differently, think of something differently, feel a different way. In the last two weeks, something, you've learned something new. True? Yes, I probably have. Okay. 
How can mm-hmm. you judge yourself when you know you're always learning something new? Yeah, well, we're always learning and growing. Therefore, how can you judge yourself? Oh, yeah, I shouldn't judge myself. Bingo! Gratitude is devoid of judgment. Period. It's key as you get into the depth. It is not. It is manipulation. Bingo! Right. Exactly. If I'm just focusing on myself and I'm exploring and not giving myself judgment, I can fill myself with gratitude. If I'm not judging myself, why would I want to judge somebody else? Bingo. That's a great point. And I know that because I used to get bullied for by people and I always wanted to understand why I was getting bullied in high school for no reason. And then it really came down to the majority of the time I found people were bullying me was because they had the same character flaw somewhere that they were bullying me for it. And I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Bingo. And I really looked and saw judgment is kind of a mirror. If I have an issue with myself, whether it's weight or my looks or intellect or whatever it is, I've always noticed 100% of the time when that judgment comes out it's all and bounces on someone else, it always bounces back on me. It's like looking through the mirror and saying, I'm criticizing all the things about myself that I see in this other person. And while maybe those things are true or not, it doesn't necessarily get me any further. And that's how I'd look at that. I got bullied in school too, Kareem. I also look at the fact that, hey, if I'm changing on a daily basis... There's that word if again. (laughs) When I'm changing, because I know I'm changing on a daily basis, there's no way that I can make a judgment on that change of myself. I'm just not going to be that static person. I'm changing all the time. This chapter is learning the difference between love and unconditional love. This chapter is about recognizing that there are going to be times where my ability to be unconditionally loving with someone is going to be so stretched, the only way I can allow myself to be cognizantly aware of unconditionally loving that person is leaving that person. To let them be. Maybe they've chosen a path that is so painful, that is so full of needless harm to themselves, because I've been down that path. (laughs) But for me to tell them, look, if you go down this path, you're going to get da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I've just robbed you of that experience. (laughs) Part of gratitude for me is knowing gratitude will help me learn whatever the lesson is that I'm supposed to learn the first time. Mm -hmm. Gratitude allows me a comfort knowing that if I choose not to learn the lesson for the first time, it will come back. Who has a story 
of a lesson they learned really the hard way. Oh, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> oh, boy. Are we talking about, like, heartbreak? Are we talking about any kind of lesson? We're talking about once you got into the middle of that lesson, you went, damn it, I have been here 10,000 times before. Before. (laughs) Okay, I have one. When I started trying to make a career online, and this involves two other people on the call, I thought that, oh, I should give away everything for free. Imagine that. If I asked payment for anything I was doing, that was a sin. If I had to bend over backwards, it had to be for free. And I did this for three, four years maybe. (laughs) And I didn't really learn my lesson until I was tired, annoyed. I didn't go broke, thankfully. But it was just an experience to learn that, hey, maybe I should actually get paid for the services I do, even if it's something little the universe or God or whatever you want to call it kept coming back and kind of smacking me saying, don't do stuff for free. Don't do stuff for free. Good example. Why do I hear David H. Paul going, me, 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 (laughs) me. I I always, at this point, uh, my mind goes to, oh, how... I want I, every single quote unquote love relationship I've ever been in has been me trying to save somebody. Mm. Every single one, and right in the smack middle of that marriage, my God, I, yeah, it, I did it again. And and now I look back at that timeline and I say, how could I not have done it again? <laughs> I had I had not learned any other way to do it. And it's so good to be learning. <laughs> I call it the savior complex. I'm going to save you from yourself. Really, are you? Oh, how's that going to work? One of the largest painful lessons that I am most grateful in my life is to recognize that though I do my best to emulate the wisdom of Christ, I need not be Christ. Awesome. Meaning... (laughs) I need to save no one, including myself. When I hear people, I'm doing this to help other people not go through dot, 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 it sets up a red flag for me. Because I know I purposefully have been hired by people and paid good money by those people to avoid the lessons they needed to learn. Looking back, yes, I helped them skirt the issue they needed to learn and we all thought how wise and how fantastic all of that was only later to learn the only thing i did was postpone the lesson the only thing i did is i set up the circumstances to make the original lesson that they were supposed to learn 10 times more difficult to learn I agree. I understand that completely, especially moms who have to let their children go. I cannot help my kids in times when they get themselves into trouble. I have to let them learn their lesson. My mom had to let me learn my lesson, and I'm so thankful that she did and that she didn't stop some of the things that she probably in her power could have 
But she allowed them to happen because I guess she was wise enough to know that I needed to learn some lessons. If your desire to be of service is to help people avoid what you've gone through, I humbly ask you to ponder and really dive into that. Anybody want to venture why I'm inviting to ponder that? One of the things that I really believe that I hear being said is this, and I'm going to apply it to me. Nobody can save me but me. And I can't do a thing for anybody else. My focus needs to be on me. When I'm well, when I'm grateful, when I'm at peace, all else is perfect. And no matter how many layers of beliefs and memories and what other people think and say and my family of origin and all that stuff, it really means nothing. It's such a paradox, and the paradox is this. The best gift I have to give is to be at peace. And if I'm not able to be at peace, then I really am useless. That's the truth of it. So, I agree. <laughs> I'm going to be David. I'm going to be the best David, and I don't know what that even looks like because I don't know myself yet. I'm getting glimmers, and what I see coming, popping through, I'm starting to really love. And that feels really great. And I'm feeling really grateful with that. And so I'm going to move in that direction. That's awesome, David. I'm so glad that you are. And I'm trying to be the best dream. I don't know what that is. But I do know if I don't have abundance in my life, I don't have peace in my life, I can't give anybody peace. I can't help anybody with abundance. And I do want to make this world a better place, but I have to start with myself I don't necessarily say I have idols, but I like the quote by Jay-Z that says, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. That's very good, Kareem. I, like I agree with a lot of what you've said, too. I feel the same way. Cool. It's, it's really difficult reaching a level of gratitude to the point to that I can physically observe, literally witness someone burn themselves and be grateful for it. Mm. How many times as parents have you taught a child or told a child, don't touch that, it's hot, don't touch that, it's hot, don't touch that, it's hot, and they ignore you. Until that one that. time, <laughs> they touch it and go, hey, 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 Yep. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? As a person who has done something and you know what's going to happen. My desire to help you avoid pain and my desire to help you avoid suffering, I will most likely cause you more pain and more suffering. That is the paradox. Yeah. Okay, that I never was taught or realized. Okay. Because I've led a life that I am so grateful for that I never questioned my teacher's motives. I never questioned what my teachers told me to be true or false because why would they tell me something that's false? I was able to learn as much as I've learned in such a short amount of time because I just, like a sponge, absorbed it. 
and I absorb with every class I teach. I absorb Chris's feeling of wanting to be of service again, thinking how phenomenal, like David was talking about. There is what I call a facilitator fix. When it's the last few moments of an earth-shattering retreat where everyone in that retreat has literally rebirthed themselves into a new being and everyone is glowing like unbelievable light, And I stand there as the facilitator going, we co-created this. It's more addictive than heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and that bright, and that light is super bright. (laughs) Yes, yes, so you would agree that at that point, it's really important to go back to that place of inner gratitude that doesn't need that fix to be okay. Bingo. Yeah. Go back to that place where I look inside myself saying, thank you for allowing me to reach my potential one more time. When we conclude our journey together in three weeks, the level of gratitude that I will eternally have for each and every one of you for what you've taught for me goes beyond words. What you decide to do in your lives after you complete your upgrade version (laughs) (laughs) 1.0, whether you choose to hit the send button and actually integrate it into your life, whether you choose to help others integrate it into your life, I let all of that go. Follow? You'd ask why I want to be of service with this course. I don't want to save anybody. I want to enlighten Share my, my what I've learned. Share. No, I don't want to save anybody. That's way too much responsibility, and I don't really think that anyone can save anyone else either. I think you put the information, you, you help them find the path to save themselves, and then you go, now walk. That's why I like the term, will you all grow, not go, grow, grow yeah. with me. Two different things. Very different. That's fantastic. So as we get into Lesson 31, Lesson Learned is Wisdom Earned. The scenario is you're going to plan a trip to a foreign country that you have never been to. Decide that you're going to hire a guide. You figure it's probably wise to hire someone who seems to know something about the place you're going to, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which guide would you hire? A guide who lives there or a guide who has traveled there a few times? I don't know. I think I would hire somebody who had traveled there. So you would hire a guide that has traveled there but does not live there. But if she knew where he was going. Okay. Who else would hire a guide who only has traveled to the city you're about to go to versus a guide who lives there in that city? I would hire somebody who lives there. Why? Because the person who lives there knows so much more about that city. The, all the nooks and crannies, all the hidden gems that are there, they're part of that city, the heartbeat of it. They're able to actually 
show you things that nobody else might be able to show you. They're able to to invite you to their home, teach you things about that place that nobody else can teach you because they live there. Miss Brigetta, does that flavor your decision at all? No, because I might find out things I didn't want to know about it. (laughs) 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 Then I I wouldn't go. (laughs) Okay. Valid, valid point. (laughs) What type of guides would you all hire? Let's hear from you all. I personally would hire, yeah, the guide that could show me all the stuff that nobody else would would even consider. Uh, You'd hire the guy um, that lives there. Yeah, I would. I would hire the, the, the guide that's been around those blocks a couple million times and can tell me the really cool stories about that person and that uh, building and that statue. And, and yeah, yeah. So I want the guide that could take me deep. Yeah. Okay. Next. I'd want the guide that's more spiritual. And I don't mean religious. I mean, in touch with not only the 3D world around them, but the other world around them. And they can take a deeper look into things and has a higher level of consciousness. So would you assume that that guide would be someone who only travels there or a guide who lives there? I would think a guide who travels, actually, Marsha, they're beginning to fall into the paradox I'm creating. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Oh, boy. Chris, who would you hire? A guide that only travels to that location on a regular basis or a guide that lives there? Lives. In a foreign, lives lives there. there. Because they know the environment. They know the frequent nuances that may occur. would be the kind of guy who would be getting airlifted in a helicopter to a new destination, and they'd be firing guns off in celebration. I'd be going, they're firing at us! You know? <laughs> so I, I think I want a guy there to tell me, no, man, it, they're just celebrating your arrival. It's okay, Chris. You know, so, yeah, I think I want the guy who knows why they're pointing guns up in the air and not shooting at us. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all right with yeah. me, man. Thanks, dude. <laughs> After I just shit my pants, thank you. I just my underwear now. So, yes, absolutely would want somebody who lived and has lived the life there. They'd be able to take me around and show me part of the culture. I'd want a guy that was definitely part of the culture, grew up there, lived there, knows a lot about the country, the different tourist attractions, what hotels are safe, and which ones have all the drug addicts or the alcoholics or the party animals. Yeah, I think I'd want the guy that knows what's going on. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) Okay. Cindy, who would you hire? What Marsha was saying, that knows the area. They know... That that lives there. Okay. So, Cindy, you would hire the guide that lives there. Yes. You ready for the paradox? Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) Think about where you live right now. How well do you really know where you live? How well do you really pay attention 
to what you're living in. How is what you live in different when you leave and go on an extended vacation? And I'm talking about a vacation where you have a chance to have some really good rest and you have the chance to get another perspective on life. And you come back home. Do you see things at home differently? No. Wow. Wow. I absolutely. But coming home from that, Marcia, do you find yourself seeing life differently? When I travel to a new place and I get to see how those people live and the culture and how things are so different from my own living environment, it has broadened my mind. It has opened up a whole new world for me. So, out of curiosity, the paradox I created for us was a paradox of either or. (laughs) It's always an and. I would hire both guides. I would hire the guide who only travels there because that guide is going to have a fresh set of eyes every time they come back. And I'm going to hire the guide who can balance that fresh set of eyes with some reality checks that that guide would be clueless about. (laughs) Exercise 31 is about and, A-N-D, and, (laughs) David H. Paul started this journey with an either-or mentality. Either I'm going to grow NSDF, either I'm going to grow my private practice, either I'm going to make it on my own as an individual doing dot, 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 or just I'm going to be a miserable person if I have to go back to a quote J O B. Is that an accurate <laughs> reflection, David? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm chuckling. <laughs> that light bulb flashed on so brightly right inside of me, and I had this m- amazing notion that, and this J O B too, a source of immense gratitude. It's not about a task I'm doing, it's about a, a, a beingness I'm doing. And uh, you get to see the perspective. I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a whole new gratitude for folks that get up every day, go to the same place, do quality work, and enjoy it. I have immense gratitude for that, mm-hmm. for that insight. I have immense gratitude for Chris Peters, who decided... Thank to you. do something he said he would never do. Marsha, I seem to recall at the beginning of our Team Seekers journey, we had an individual that, God damn it, I'm not changing for any damn asshole at all. Period. End of story. <laughs> Fuck you if you try to change me. Is that accurate? Absolutely, yes. I remember that, too. <laughs> Chris, was that being a bit too blunt? Nope. Because <laughs> that's exactly how I would have said it. 
<laughs> well, I'm not ashamed of that at all, but I'm glad I was wrong. And now you have the perspective of, all right, when I meet another person like I was, you can smile. You can have gratitude in your heart going, hmm, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. And just go, go ahead, man, walk, go, go ahead, see what's going to happen. I'm sitting here waiting. Yeah, I'll be here with dinner ready when you're ready. Yeah, I got the keys to the next door when you're ready. Keep playing around in that room as long as you want. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. I'm here, I got the keys whenever you're ready. We can go, we can go on. Exercise 31, your next lesson. The lesson learned is wisdom earned. I gotta get into well, chapter ten. Well, I get that. Yep, I get into lesson thirty-one is more of an ethereal lesson. Lesson thirty-one is more of a lifelong lesson. Lesson thirty-one is more of a template that I offer you to ponder. You can throw it out the window if it doesn't work for you. You can begin to play with it if you think it does work for you. But it's shaping the opportunity for gratitude to grow even more abundant in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so awesome to realize I stepped out of so many of my fears. That's been an awesome for me. Mahalo nui loa. Awesome class tonight. I appreciate you allowing me to be a little more blunt tonight. The goal of our journey is just to experience, yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 And much like a driver's ed instructor, yes, I can choose to allow you to get on an on-ramp going in the opposite direction, and we could be in a nice accident. Or I can point out the fact that the other ramp might be a better one to take. <laughs> or you can show us a video and be like, this is what a car wreck looks like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so <laughs> this is your Better brain on that. gratitude. This is your brain on <laughs> manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today and remember before you go think about who else would enjoy our classes post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom aloha 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.